Hi, hello, welcome. This is the inaugural podcast of Why I Am Whining. My name is Donald Black. This is going to be a podcast featured around mostly things I wish to complain about. Um, I've found that I've had a lot to complain about recently, and I decided to put that into a audio format so that other people can listen to what I have to complain about. Uh, this and first podcast is going to be focusing around um, something that I find very pressing in today's world. This is going to be about pay inequality, uh, Gen Z paralysis, and college versus minimum wage. A lot of people may, you know, be familiar with the fact that a lot of states are looking to raise minimum wage up to $15 an hour. Um, most of them are focused around $15 an hour. Some are a little bit more ambitious. Some are still pushing back against, uh, doing anything of that nature. Um, I mean, look at Florida. Florida recently had that on the table, and then uh, it was swept off by a bunch of legalese, even though it was passed by the people. Um, and then I know a few states have already structured this in, and they have a timetable of when they're going to raise to $15 an hour. So what we're going to be looking at here is college. I've noticed a lot of my friends... I, I went to college for five years, I went for an accounting major. I did not graduate, so I've never made more than, you know, $16 an hour was the maximum I have ever been paid in my life. And that sucks, for one. Um, but then, you know, I look at a lot of my friends who went to college, and, you know, a lot of them are only making, you know, 30 to $45 an hour. I mean, they're not paid hourly, obviously, at that rate. They're paid salary. But that's what it averages out to be, right? So, I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, yes, they're making 300% more than what I was making, but had I not gone to college and not racked up $30,000 worth of debt, which is another issue we're going to be talking about, uh, and I had spent those five years just working, you know, $16 an hour, let's say my maximum that I've ever earned, and I just made $16 an hour flat, you know, each of them generally has about fifty dollars to $70,000 worth of debt on them. Um, so even given that they made 300% more out of the gate, they spent six years, 30000 to $50,000, and they still only made about 300% more than me. Um, so when you really do just, just basic math right off the top of your head, you could see how, how different that would be, um, given that, I mean, if they weren't sitting on the sidelines, or they're working through college, great, they're, they're keeping up, but then they probably also wouldn't have that debt, or as much of it. Um, so let's let's take a look at that and do a little bit more detail. So, I mean, we can easily do the math on this, you know. Um, let's say, you know, one person, you know, straight out of high school went into a $15 an hour job and the other person went in and got their bachelor's in, let's say, psychology. Uh, so that one person is making $15 an hour, the other person got a degree in psychology, $15 an hour times four years of labor, and then, you know, a psychology degree minus, you know, let's say $30,000 for a bachelor's degree in psychology. Now, generally, a psychologist coming out with a bachelor's degree, unless you're in a high-cost living area, is making probably about $25 to $30 an hour, which is terrible given the fact that your colleague out of high school started making $15 an hour. You're making essentially not even double what they made, even though you delayed your start five years, four years. Maybe you were faster and did three years, whatever, and but you also have thirty thousand dollars worth of debt to make up. And and the thing about debt is that once you're out on your own, you know, unless you go back home after you get your degree, you're gonna have bills straight off. You're gonna have, you know, a mortgage or rent, which is gonna eat up thirty percent of your pay. Um, you know, food, um, 
miscellaneous goods usually equals about 30 to 40 percent of people's income and then you have utilities um, other miscellaneous you know if you have pets you have more bills uh, car insurance car payment if you got a car payment it, you know it just it adds up quickly and most people only have you know a few hundred dollars a month if that I mean that's generous to put towards other things such as debt um, and a lot of people I know who went to school for you know four or five years don't pay their student loans. I mean, they, they get an income-based payment plan, and they think they're going to be forgiven after 10 years, which is just not the case. Uh, if, if anybody wants to, they can go read the terms and conditions of the federal forgiveness um, for that 10-year program, and it's generally stipulated that you have to have done some sort of civic position for 10 years straight, no gaps. Um, and, I mean, the pandemic alone probably caused a gap in most people's you know work history for that even if they were a school teacher or a janitor at a government building, you know, just any, anything governmental. Um, not to mention you're taking a pay cut because you're working a government job. So, you know, that's the problem with college is that it, it, degrees are being devalued, not only because generally people are expected to go to college and complete their master's or PhD anymore um, to be competitive in their fields, but also because uh, all the for-profit colleges that are getting taken down and basically churning out, you know, degree printing facilities devalued the degree. Um, and then with minimum wage creeping up, it kind of makes it college become a, you know, a, 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 stri a styrated, uh, you know, there's, there's, It's kind of made college become sort of a stigmatized thing, and it's it's a choice, you know. And you have to basically know that you're going to love the field you're going into because, you know, so many people, you go to school, you might like the, the, the studiousness of your field, but are you actually going to like the actual work of your field? Because, I mean, I've worked a lot of jobs. I've worked a hundred jobs. Um, haven't really kept a job more longer than, you know, six, seven months at any given time. Um... But I still never found one that I, like, loved to wake up and do. And granted, I haven't done anything career-wise. I mean, I've done career-ish work, but not, like, a full-fledged career per se. Um, but I still just, I couldn't... I've played these head games before, and I've tried to imagine myself loving a job, but I've just never found that I would love one. Um, I don't like working for other people, per se. You know, I'd rather work for myself, which, I mean, I guess in a roundabout way, working at a company is working for yourself in a way, but not really. So, I mean, that's that's what Gen Z is facing right now. You know, it's like what well, you go, you, you, you start in the workforce or you go to college and you're pretty much damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you go to college to increase your pay, but by the time you get out, you know, the person you went to high school with that started $15 an hour is probably more likely making 20 22 whereas you're starting out at, you know, 28 30 um, with a bachelor's degree in most fields that aren't STEM. Um, and then let's say, you know, you're like, well, you know, that doesn't sound good, so let me go for my master's, you know, to you know, a year and a half, two years later, you come out with your master's, you're able to make 45 now, but that friend, you know, has moved up a little bit more, uh, cost of living has increased, so pay has increased, and now they're making $25 an hour, and you're making 45 Still better than them, but you're, you know, five, six years in the lurch now, haven't been in the world, haven't worked, they have a house, they have, you know, probably a family going on, um, you know, their life is moving, whereas yours hasn't even technically started, and that's a terrible place to be in, to find yourself 25 years old, 
never have really had a job in your life in a lot of debt while you look at your friends from high school who just went straight into the workforce and they may hate their lives you you know you're out studying partying you you know go to school three days a week and the rest of the time is yours but still it's it all comes crashing down on their heads eventually and and i think both sides kind of look at each other envious but they don't realize that both of them are kind of hating their lives too because either side of that coin is pretty terrible even though both sides of those coins have benefits as well um so that's kind of what we're what we're dealing with now going forward and and it's really going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out because as minimum wage creeps up it makes college less desirable and as college gets deflated because either you know everybody has a bachelor's degree um the old guard uh you know the old people are are working longer and not giving up those high rated positions letting everybody else move up the ladder um therefore devaluating all the lower positions um, because you have 40-year-olds that are still working really low positions, even though they should be, you know, where that 65-year-old guy is who's worked in that company for 50 years and can't retire because he has three houses and, you know, three of his children still live at home or whatever the case may be. Obviously, this is hyperbole, um, hyperbole but um, still still stands. You know, that is a real example that there's 65-year-olds out there working because they have grandkids and kids that they're trying to support at home, mooching off them, um, for lack of a better word. So, you know, we're, we're at a, we're at a really weird crossroads in the recent, recent time here. Um, you know, after all this, this pandemic stuff, it really kind of kicked a hornet's nest of our economy. And, and yet our economy continues to grow, but it's kind of begrudging. Um, I mean, look at, look at the housing market. Who, who can afford a house right now? Um, I know I couldn't, I couldn't, if I didn't have a house already, I wouldn't be able to afford a house. My house is way outside my, my price range now of what it currently is valued at. I mean, in five years, my house has gone up a hundred and like $10,000, um, which is ridiculous. Um, so I, I just, I don't, I don't know where things are headed, but it's not good because that rap- rampant level of, of growth in the housing market is also going to sh- put shockwaves into the rental market because, you know, landlords and property owners, property management companies are responsive to that. Higher property values equals higher taxes, which means that they have to increase rent to cover cost, their cost basis. Um, so that's that's going to be a real problem. You know, what, what's going to happen when, when rent goes up, you know, 15, 30 percent? uh, in one year, you know, um, I mean, granted, you know, the Walmart down the street was paying $11 an hour, uh, nine months ago, now it's paying like 13. So there's growth, but it's, it's, it's inflation, you know, it's, it's inflated to the rise of the cost of living and it's not even keeping up. So people's lives are going to get worse. I mean, look look at gas prices, look at food prices. I don't know if I'm the only one who's noticed, but I've seen a lot of people starting to notice that food prices have gone up. Um, they've gone up a staggering amount. Um, usually you don't notice food prices going up, but, but this time people really started to notice that food prices have jumped, you know, 10, 20% on a lot of goods. Um, I know my food bill has gone up about, I want to say 12% um, since the pandemic happened. Um that with inflated gas prices, inflated rent, uh, everything's everything's kind of climbing, and it's it's outpacing the wage, and something's got to give. Um, and generally, in these terms in history, this is where we usually see either a recession because mass homelessness starts, um, 
or we see uh, an inflation inflationary period until it hits a recession. Um, so basically, no matter what, we're heading towards a recession because it can't keep pace either. Either the only way you don't enter a recession in these periods is if your wages increase to the point that they outpaced um, the cost of goods and living which just generally never happens because it's, it's impractical because the wages that the employees earn directly affect the price of producing you know production of the goods that we give each other um, so it's a very delicate balance and and when they both rise out of control in response to one another uh, they eventually break and uh, I mean business owners are on the not in the business of losing money they're not going to lose the war on on inflation you know they're going to keep raising the price of their goods and try and increase the profit margin even more in the short period before the snap of the recession uh i mean they do this every time every every you know few decades that this happens um so you know this is anybody between 21 and say 17 16 you know buckle up because you're in a really weird period where the job market is shitty. College is not really considered worth it, in my opinion, anymore. Um, and everything's kind of just up in the air at this point, and we're waiting to see where the where the you know do the chips come down at. And it's anybody's guess. Um, it's you know same for the stock market. You just you can't time the market, and you can't time a recession. All you can do is is watch, wait. Um, I mean, speaking of recession, everybody saw what happened in February to the market, to to all markets really, um, due to the bumbling of handling of coronavirus and and the the panic that set in. That was just a small, short burst of panic too. A small panic, short and sharp, threw the market down. You know what was that? Eighty percent, I think, was at the bottom. Um, loss of the S and P just just due to people just ripping their money out just in case, waiting to watch where things, you know, fall. Um, <clears throat> and that was kind of like a micro, micro burst of that, you know, like it was quick down, quick up. Um, I mean, to use a, a more practical example, it's got, it's kind of like people who, who smoke pot versus eating pot. You know, smoking pot gets you a nice sharp high, and then if you eat a pot brownie, it, it takes a few hours to affect, I mean, I don't partake in, in, in drugs other than, other than alcohol, but I've been to college, like I said, so I know how this shit you know, hits, um, and you know, that, that, that pot brownie is, is like a regular recession. It'll last hours, it'll be mellow, the drop will be smooth off, the rise will be slow back, um, whereas the recession last year during the pandemic was sharp because it was just panic-induced, um, you know, it was, people realized, you know, they were, they were selling on the way down, buying on the way up, uh, so it was, it was, it was kind of a glimpse into the future, and I think pretty soon we're going to see some harsh uh, sloughing off of the market. As I mean, the Fed's already said they're going to raise rates in 2022. After they've after they've said so many times they're not going to raise rates in the future. They're not going to raise rates in the future. They said that every quarter, adamantly, and then like three weeks ago they're like, yeah, we're going to raise rates in 2022. Bam, market down. I just hate that. They, they, their words are as binding as the politicians. You know, they, they come out one week, say one thing, next week, completely different story. 
And now, fund rates. Why Why does that matter? It's because that means that money costs money to borrow again. Um, you know, right now, banks can borrow from the Fed at pretty much nothing. They don't owe the Fed nothing. They can just take money, take as much money as they want, and then pass that on to other people for, you know, some interest. You know, that's why rates have been 2 3%. Um, but, you know, once those Feds raise those rates again, banks are going to lock their fucking vaults up because they're not going to be looking to give out people, you know, loans. You're going to see mortgage rates go up to back to 5 6 7% in response to that because most likely the Fed's going to start their rates back at, you know, 2 or 3%. Um, any higher than that, you're going to see mortgage rates go fucking through the roof, 10 12% at the beginning as, as fear sets in that the Fed's going to keep that climbing in response to inflation. Um, and that's the Fed trying to suck back some more money because, you know, they're trying to hoard it back in so that the inflation decreases. It's kind of like uh, a last-ditch effort. Um, so if the Fed rate, you know, that that's, that's going to be the thing to watch for. If the Fed rate does not work and inflation continues to rise at the same rate and doesn't slow down, that will equal recession, 100%. There'd be nothing, there's nothing else the Fed could do. There's, there's nothing else they could do to step in to stop that. Um, the only thing that I could see that could maybe stop that is a major decrease in cost of living for housing. Um, 3D printed homes are becoming a big thing. Uh, they're, they're getting pretty popularized. Um, if that ever it's you know more mainstream, that could actually totally wipe out the housing market by a good margin because uh, it decreases costs of construction by like 30% just because you don't have somebody there manually laying brick um, or foundation. Uh, so that, that's a that's a major savings. Um, I mean, I live in Florida, so I don't know if you know that's going to be something that's going to be allowed here just because of the hurricanes. But um, you know, up north, that could easily decimate the housing market, uh, which would suck for the people that are holding. But for people, you know, for affordability of homes, it would be nice to see that go back down to a normal range, um, especially if pay stays up high. You know, if, if a 1,600 square foot house, you know, was able to be found at, you know, $170,000 again, and you were making $15 an hour, that's that's not bad. It's affordable for somebody at, for for that level. Um, so, you know, that's that's my one hope for that thing. But um, it's going to be interesting to see the Fed rates and and how they affect things in 2022. Um, you know, if the Fed sticks to its word, I swear they they change their plans every other week. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on. My two cents there. Um, you know, for the most part, I'm just here to say Gen Z, good fucking luck, because I've never seen a period like this where I have had zero clue on how to play things. Um, I mean, again, I was born in 1991, I just turned 30, um, again, I've not made more than $16 an hour my, my entire life, but I, I am semi-retired at this point, um, how I did that would probably be a more of a discussion in another podcast, but, um, safe to say, you know, there, there's always money to be made out there, even in recession, even in a boom. Um, there's always something to be done. You basically just have to play the cards as you, as you lie. Safe to say that, um, most of my money was made through luck more than anything. And I can acknowledge that. Um, so, you know, this is, again, the inaugural podcast of Why I Am Whining, uh, pretty much a podcast where I'll talk about local news, uh, or, well, national news, um, offer, you know, satirical-based commentary, uh, nothing that is said here should really be taken too seriously. I am not a professional. As I said, I didn't graduate college. Um, I am not 
anything really. None of this means anything. It's just really more of a place where I can vent. Um, I am hoping to release these bi-weekly every, every two weeks. Uh, I plan on spending about three to five hours on them per week or well, per every other week currently. Um, I do hope to plan on if this takes off and people have interest in it to start some sort of Patreon and give levels of events and um, levels of which I you know add more to it. Uh, again, that's if, if this takes off, if I'm not just talking into the dark here. Um, so, you know, again, this is the inaugural podcast, Why I'm Whining. I am Donald Black, and I hope you enjoyed this small segment, and I hope I will see you for the future. Bye.